like you reposition your content. It's like, it could be a literal reposition like you're talking about, like visually, how am I going to change it from being, you know, a post with a long caption to a carousel with a super short caption, right? Or you could reposition it, you could be like, okay, I said this for, you know, for me, I said this for my clients who are the business owners. How can I reposition that content for my marketers coming in? Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. If you feel like you spend way too much time reinventing the wheel with your content every week, this episode is for you. Today, we have Sunny Logsdon on the show. Now, she's a marketer, but she focuses on helping businesses create their strategy, and then she actually helps you hire the right person to actually implement it, which I think is such an interesting way to support people with their marketing. I really found this creative. She also has 20 years experience in marketing and she just speaks through her systems so freaking clearly. She's so easy to listen to. I love learning about how things change within the marketing landscape when social media came onto the scene and her mission behind her work, which completely just put a big smile on my face. I just love what she's doing. I also am so grateful. This is the thing where you really got to get your notebook out and write this down. Her star framework. This is a step-by-step process for organizing your materials so that you can repurpose it. And I'm so excited to implement it within my business. We answer questions like how much of her content is repurposed, her star framework, and all of the details within it, who to hire if you want someone to weave through your content for you. Yes, she gave me the title of this person. Um, Funny enough, people always ask me, hey, I'm looking to hire someone who can like go through all of my content and put it all together for me in a way that makes sense. I didn't know there was a position for this, but apparently there is a position for this. And she is someone that actually finds that person for you, (laughs) finds that perfect person for you. So she walks through what that looks like. We also talked about where to start if you feel like you have mountains of content to weed through and you just don't know where to start. I also get that question a lot and I really loved her answer. It's so simple, but it's so true. And we talked about things you should be repurposing that you haven't even thought of. I should mention the first time I ever met Sunny, we were on a connection call that was supposed to be 15 minutes long. We ended up speaking for two freaking hours. She is so easy to listen to, so easy to speak to. She's so fun and she just really knows her shit. So please welcome to the show, Sunny Loxton. I don't know what it is about that. I see a countdown and it's, I'm not kidding. I hear like music in my head where I just feel like I have to dance to it. Were you in competitive dance as a child? Is that what it is? You know what I was, but it, we, there was never a countdown, but but I was totally in competitive. Like, well, I, it's not quite that actually. So, you know, I lived in Southeast Asia right. and we had this, it was more of an artistic dance team. Like here mm-hmm. in the States, they have like true, like everyone's coming into this like gymnasium and they have a routine and they're like competing that way. Ours mm-hmm. was more of like, we all, there was a concept and we all created a dance around this concept. And then we, it was a 20 minute modern dance. And then we just shared it for everyone. There was no winner. It was just like, everyone's working on this thing. And then like schools mm-hmm. from all over Asia come to, we change the school every year, come to that school and like perform for one another for like three days. 
It oh, was called wow. Yeah, yeah. It was so fun. But I was in that. So I didn't compete necessarily, but like you kind of did. You know, you wanted to be yeah. you wanted to have the best dance even though there was no winner. You wanted to be the one, the school with the best the, like the dance that everyone was talking about. <laughs> I feel like it sounds like a flash mob, like it was flash mobs before there were flash mobs. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. Some of our dances did feel like that because there's only allowed to be, I think, seven dancers on a team, but okay. you, a lot of them started with one dancer and then the other one joined and then it turns into this big thing. It was really cool yeah. when I think back about it. <laughs> yeah. This is the background to your dancing during the countdown. That makes sense. This is it. This is where it all comes all from. Together. You can need a therapist. Just we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, you're, you're also getting ready to move, aren't you? Yeah, I spent Memorial Day weekend like doing pre-packing because you know you have to like organize to pack and get rid yeah. of all the crap that you don't want to pack and end up with at the new house. So that was my really fun weekend. And next weekend we're going to move into the actual packing stage. Oh, oh so yeah, that's what we're doing. But you're just moving like you're still going to stay in the area. You're just going we are. House, we're right? staying in the area, which would be super easy if the house we're moving into is ready, but it's not. Yeah. And so, you know, we're basically going to be nomads for the summer. So we've got to figure out what do we need for the summer um, for me, my husband, the three kids, and then hope it's ready by fall because we're going to like pack up all our fall stuff. And wow. so that's where it becomes a little tricky. Like if we were just moving, that would actually be super easy. Yeah. Like it's a whole like, what do we do Process. in the interim thing? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Now we're talking about repurposing today. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but to prep for this, because if you're going to like be a nomad and have like an off a not normal schedule and not normal space, did you do yeah. a ton of repurposing work to get through the summer? <laughs> like, oh, how did you prepare my for gosh. this? Yes, absolutely. Like I have... I've been – so I also have a podcast, Marketer for Hire, which you know because you were there last week, which was so much fun. <laughs> and so what I've been doing is I've been recording episodes like crazy because I am going to like be out of a place to record. So I've been recording, getting ready for the summer. And the wow. beauty of having a podcast, as you know, is it is the best source for repurposed content. hundred And so I feel like with all these episodes under my belt, I am set with content. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to hear more about your system too because I feel like this is something that everyone needs to get better at. Like if I were to really look at my business with a fine-tooth comb, I would see that pretty much 100% of what I put out there is repurposed. Like obviously when I first started, there wasn't that wasn't the case because right. I was just starting. And, and so there is a process before I, you could get to that point. But now mm -hmm. it's insane. When you really have your repurposing systems dialed in, it makes marketing and messaging and just putting out content so much easier. So I'm like it so does. excited to share because I don't think I have as clear of a system as you do. I like have my system, but I don't know if I could. It's not dialed enough to teach it. So I'm like mm -hmm. so thrilled that you're here because I'm like, people need to know how to repurpose because this is just keep becoming crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm not organized enough to repurpose unless I organize it, if that makes yeah. sense. Like if I were to just do it willy-nilly, it just I, – I don't know. All the content would just go into a black hole somewhere and it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And because I'm a professional, my computer's about to die, so give me one second. <laughs> I love it. And my my computer needed to get plugged in right before this. So we're we're on our games today. <laughs> I mean, hey, my microphone's plugged in. I got that going for me. All right. Now we're not going to die. We're all plugged in. Amazing. Amazing. Well, can we kick off before we get into Spill the Tea? Tell us, you know, who you are and how you got to what you do today. 
Yeah. So I am Sunny Logsdon and I, you know, it's, I've been in marketing, I feel like forever. And as we all know, it has changed a bunch. So I started my company back in my twenties, back before everybody was, you know, remote working and like was an influencer and like did this. So all my friends are like, wait, what? You're leaving your corporate job to like go do your own thing. What? Um, And I absolutely loved it. And obviously it's changed a lot since that time. And I found myself doing content strategies. And then as I evolved, what would happen is I would go into a company. I worked with some really big companies, like the Best Buys, like the big guys, Purina. And then um, as I started having kids and needed my schedule to be more flexible, I decided to start working with smaller companies, which is really where my passion is. Mm -hmm. And as I was working with these smaller companies, what would happen is I would go in, we'd create these strategies, and then I would turn it over to them to implement, you know, try to chain the market. And I'd realize, oh my gosh, like this is not the right person in the right seat. And they needed so much training to actually implement things in a strategic way. Because what happens in a small business a lot of times is it's like you have somebody that comes into the business to maybe help you with, I don't know, bookkeeping or sales or like something in the background and they become your marketer, but they haven't really been trained in marketing. And the cool thing about marketing is if you're super creative, you know, a lot of times you can be a really good marketer, but there's just some things that you do need to know when it comes to strategy. So I would find myself training these people. And another thing that would happen is maybe they didn't have a marketer and they realized, oh my gosh, we've got to get somebody in here to help us implement some of this stuff. And so I would then help them to hire the marketers. And so what I realized over the years is that it's just hard to find the right person for small businesses. And so especially now that so many of us are online and we can like, you can be, I live in Park City, Utah. So it's like, you can be in Park City, Utah and it's a small town. There's not a whole lot of people that you can hire that the small businesses can afford, right? Because the price of living's high. And so, but they can hire somebody now that lives across the country, across the world to do their marketing part-time. They don't have to pay this person like a traditional salary. So this is a long-winded way to tell you that what I do now is I help businesses create their strategy and then I help them to hire the person that can actually implement it, right? Because- You've got to hire the person who's right for your business and the strategy that you're doing. And so that's what I do now. Oh my gosh. That is such a a great thing to help people with because it is so true. There's so many people, I mean, especially in this online space, I feel like there's like lots of smoke and mirrors. Like things can look one thing and then you start working with someone and it's really not what they say it is. And it can be so confusing and difficult to find the right person for you. So that is such a, an amazing like hole to fill, hole in the industry to fill. I love that. I also can't even believe that because now I would imagine like starting your own business online in your twenties is probably like more common with, with like social media and things like that. But like when you, you just said 20 years ago, I think you did this. And I know that Instagram is like what? 12 years old or 13 years old. I can't even remember. So this was before social media was even what it is today. Like I I can't even imagine. People were probably thinking you were a lunatic. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, my mom is like, you're, wait, how are you going to pay your bills? I'm like, don't worry. I already have a client. Like I got the bills covered. Yeah. And you know, at that time, that's all I needed. Like yeah. I can pay for my apartment. I can pay for my food. So let's do this. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? I, mean? I, I 
I've really never looked back. I mean, I think it was a great thing for me and I learned so much. I mean, it was definitely baptism by fire and it was great. I've been learning ever since. Yeah. And how did the, I'm just so curious before we get to spill the tea, like how did the landscape change when social media came about? Like, did you see a tremendous shift or like- Oh my gosh, huge. Like- It, it's actually really fun to have been part of that because it yeah. was such a huge shift. So like at the time, one of my clients was a magazine publisher. And so they are a local ma- magazine publisher and they worked with, um, gosh, custom publishing. I was like, what is it called? Custom publishing. So like, again, you go to some of these big companies and at the time, the way that they got out their personalized content was through personalized magazines. And so like, if I am a State Farm customer, I'm going to get a magazine to me that was only to State Farm customers. And so that was a really expensive way to get your message out to your customers, right? Because I mean, they were printing these beautiful magazines and then, you know, they're full of articles and all of this. And so it was this whole process to get this out. Well, what started happening um, to this magazine company was once things were moving online and once blogging really is kind of what changed it, mm-hmm. they're like, why would I publish this magazine when I can just go online and I can publish this blog and I can, you know, send it out. My customers are going to see it. This is so much less yeah. expensive. And so this particular client called me in to say, how do we reposition our custom publishing division of our company because we're losing clients right and left? And so they actually became, you know, a very early like content creation firm. And so they shifted from doing everything to print to doing everything online. And what was really fun about that is that I was helping them to do that. And so we are like wow. creating these online strategies that, you know, included the blogging and the articles and then social, like how are we getting our message out there? How are we bringing people in? And so that was the beginning. And Content Marketing Institute, um, CMI, is one of the very first people that, I mean, really, I think, I think his name is Joe, oh gosh, what's his last name? Like, starts with a P. Anyway, but he is, I I think he's one of the first ones that used the term content marketing. And so, like, I went to lunch with him back then. And, like, we're talking about, like, this whole concept of content marketing. And, I mean, really, like, that was the shift from everything was done online. Like your website was a brochure site. Like you might as well have had like a trifold that you just like held up in front of your computer because (laughs) nothing was interactive. I mean, it was just to read about your company. And so that was really when things began to shift. And yeah, that was around 2010 that I was working with them as a client. That is so crazy to hear because I don't, because I also didn't live in the States at this time. So I didn't really know about a lot of the way things were. Wait, 2010. No, actually, I, oh, but before that, I wasn't in the States. So yeah, that works. Yeah. I I didn't know how things like worked in the day. I just came on the scene when there was social media. So this is like all I really know. I can't even yeah. imagine like being in marketing when there was such a big shift and yeah. then having to learn the new thing, retire the old thing and like mm-hmm. take what works there and apply it in a completely different medium. That's just like, yeah. wow. That's it really was exciting, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah, and like you're, I mean, everyone, you are listening to one of the firsts. <laughs> we need to roll <laughs> up the red carpet. Me, <laughs> which makes me feel ancient. Hold on, let me get my cane. 
Well, I'm just going to say it's like insane because you like to me, you're like 35 and like, I don't know how old you really are, but it's just like to if it's 20 years ago, that would make you 15. So the math ain't mathin', but you look 35. Yeah. yeah no, I'm 29. Like I tell my kids every single birthday. <laughs> and it's funny because like they forget year to year. Like obviously they know how old I am, but and now they're older. So not as much, but they'd be like, where's your driver's license? I'm like, why? I'm 29. I'm totally 29 again. Well, we need a whole other episode about what the heck you're doing because you look <laughs> like you truly could pass as 29. Oh, thank you. It's the Zoom camera. Oh, gosh. I don't know about that, but hey. <laughs> um, okay, let's just spill the tea. This is my favorite part of the of the cast because- I'm feeling nervous. I'm like- I No. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Don't feel nervous at all. But this is kind of just our opportunity to like lift the curtain and let people see behind the scenes a little bit. So yeah. first question, what's the best advice you've ever received in business? You know, I think the best advice that I've ever received is just to go for it um, because things will evolve, right? And yeah. I think that when we're in that position of starting a new business, that it's really hard to do that because you want to get it right. But honestly, there is no getting it right. Things are going to change, 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 and evolve. And until you take those steps and you hear people say it, but it's hard to take hold of it. And for me, it wasn't, you know, even as I think about like repositioning my business, you know, going from doing the marketing to focusing more on strategy and then helping to place the marketer. I didn't know that that's where I was going until I had stepped into it. So true. So true. I would never have thought like where I am today to where I was like seven years ago or whenever I started, like never in a million years would I have seen this. And and this is like people try to figure it all out before they even get going. But like, I so agree with you. Um, And it's hard when you're in that position because you hear somebody say that and you're like, like I want to be there, but you can't be there unless you just go for it. Yeah. I love that. And you don't know what you're going for, by the way. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the thing. It's like you have no idea, right? I, I love that. What about your least least helpful advice? Um, <laughs> I had it. No, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, before yeah. we start, just to fill the audience in, before we started recording, this was one that she was like, which I had said that just a heads up, I'm going to ask you this because I wanted her to, to know and yeah. we took a while to figure one out, and then she found one, and now she's lost it. So that's why we're laughing. <laughs> I know. No, okay, I know what it is. I remember. It. Okay, okay. Good. It's, it's kind of ironic because this is now what I help people do. But <laughs> as I decided that I wanted to go from being more of like a consultant that went in and you know did these strategies for single companies at a time, like I would take on different projects at a time, um, and I decided I wanted to grow my business to more of a one-to-many model. I kept hearing higher, higher, higher. And I actually feel like I hired too early because mm. one of the things that you really have to do is you've got to know in a small business how to do the things that your business needs. You have to figure out how to do them yourself first. Yeah. And when you hire someone, you can't give them really good direction on how to do things unless you've done it yourself. And so I was hiring people 
hoping that they were going to, you know, take it from me so that I didn't have to be busy with it. But what I realized is that I actually needed to master it first, which is really hard as a small business owner, right? Because you do need to get things off your plate. So it's like this tricky, you know, fine line. But for me, that's what it was. I um, tried to hand things off that I wasn't sure about yet. And it just didn't work. Yeah. Are, is there anything like specific that you have in mind where you're like, like specifically this, I really should have been working that out myself first before I hired it or before I delegated it off my plate? Um, I mean, gosh, there's, I mean, one thing is social media. So it's not that I didn't know how to do social media. I've been doing it for clients forever. But what I didn't know is as I was repositioning myself, what messaging was going to work with this new direction that I was Mm. going. And somebody else can't figure that out for you. It has to be you and it has to be authentic. And so for me, I tried to outsource. I had tried to hire somebody and hand that over to them too early and and really just generally content creation. I mean, it's... And again, it wasn't that I didn't know how to do it, hadn't done it in the past. It was just that as I was shifting, it needed to be recreated and I needed to be the one to figure that out. A hundred percent. I talk about this all the time, actually. And this is one of the reasons why I shut down my first agency, because I noticed that even though I'd been working with some of these people for years, I noticed that like I was I was such a different type of marketer, by the way. Like I was so to the point where I had no boundaries. So this is like a whole other story. But like I was so involved with this person that I became like their right hand woman when I really mm-hmm. shouldn't be. Right. Like I, I I was too involved in their entire business. And so I got to I really became that person when I was on social media for them. So I did do all of their messaging. I did do all that stuff. But what mm-hmm. I realized ended up happening is I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't leave them. Because right. what were they going to do when I was gone? No one else was going to do the work that I was doing to like be that person. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. and I realized that like, A, I wasn't actually helping them by taking this role, right? Because now they have this entire part of their business that they don't even know how to do, <laughs> right? They don't even know their own message anymore. They don't even know how to talk to their audience. I know their audience more than they do, you know? Yeah. So I changed my business model before I shut it down completely into a collaboration where it's like I work. So they were involved in every aspect. So yes. I was coaching them how to do it themselves. And even though I managed a lot of it, if I were sick or something like that, they knew how to do it because it was now turned from a do done for you to a collab. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that was something that I feel like I learned that lesson through watching others. So I, I was actually thinking that when you were walking through your least helpful advice, I was like, Oh my God, I know what mine would be. So I think it's funny. That was the exact same thing. (laughs) Oh, that is funny. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because that's actually one of the things that I, tell my, you know, potential clients when they're saying, should I go with an agency or should I hire in-house? Like it feels a lot easier to go with an agency because then you can just outsource it. And I get that. It actually is easier in the beginning, but Mm -hmm. that's the gap that I try to fill is helping them to bring on the marketer and helping them train the marketer. And part of my program is that the owner and the new marketer are in at the beginning together so that Ooh, they are working that. collaborative. And it kind of, the program teaches them how to work together collaboratively so that they can then go on working that way. And what's so yeah. beautiful about having somebody in your business 
is that they're in your business. It's not the agency because most agencies, and as you demonstrated, right, that doesn't work with an agency model. You can't be in somebody's business Mm -mm. and and be successful as an agency. So when you go with an agency, it's just a different type of relationship. Whereas if you have somebody internally, and yeah, yeah, is there still a danger that they might leave? Yes. But when it's done properly and when the right processes and systems are set up and the the owner of the company is doing it collaboratively, it's just such a, a better experience all the way around because your marketer is there. Like they're part yeah. of your company. They know your messaging. And so I, I think that's interesting that you brought that up, that from an yeah. agency point of view, you just can't have that same deep level you of um, collaboration. No, you really, really can't. And maybe like yeah, no, I was going to I was going to share, share maybe this would work, but I don't even think that would work. No, I I think it's just so hard cuz it's just a different setup. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's just a different setup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. Um is there anything or that's great least helpful advice. Um, <laughs> is there anything in your work that people would be surprised to hear you find stressful or that like brings you anxiety even after all these years? Yeah, maybe. I, oh gosh, I hate to even say this out loud. So I was a journalism major. And so like I've always, and and I had, you know, teachers in school be like, oh, you're such a good writer. So like in my mind, I was always like, I'm a good writer. I can do this. But man, I really don't like writing. I just don't. Like when I sit down and have to write something, and maybe it is because I expect too much, but I find myself just like constantly editing it takes me too long. I get frustrated. It's never exactly what I want. And so I've just decided I really don't like that process. Yeah. Writing. Yeah. I'm starting to get over it. <laughs> I actually used to really like writing and now I'm just like, I don't know, it's exhausting to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's why I feel guilty saying it because I used to love it too. Like I, yeah. You know, journalism was my career. Like I ended up going into marketing and how I got my first job there is like a whole, well, actually public relations was my first job. But, um, you know, I envisioned myself going to like work for a magazine, be a writer. So here I am now saying "Mm, it's my favorite thing or it's my least favorite thing to do for my business. Wow. That is so interesting how we evolve though, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, do, do you also find that what, how you learn to write is different with today's mediums, like has that shifted or has like, sometimes I I feel like a lot of things I learned in school is like obsolete today almost. Do you find that? Or do you find that actually what you learned is quite, has been quite helpful for you? Well, back in the olden days, as my kids (laughs) say, (laughs) Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it definitely, I'll tell you what's really, the thing that strikes me as the most different right now is that as a journalist, what's drilled into you is sources and facts, sources and facts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like today, so much of the content out there is opinion. And it's like, you don't have to prove anything. And that drives me nuts. I I don't know that it makes it any harder for me as a writer, but it absolutely drives me nuts. Because back to what you were saying earlier, you were talking about internet marketing and there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I just can't tell you how much it bothers me when I see somebody you know, promoting something on Instagram or promoting something through an online ad. And like, I'll click through on it because maybe it's in, you know, my line of work. And I can immediately see that like, they they don't have experience in this. And it just, it makes me crazy. And so that to me is the biggest difference is it's really hard to know now what's true and what's not because we have so many 
quote unquote media channels that aren't even media channels. They're just yeah. personal propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so true. That is so true. Okay. If Is there a mindset shift? Ooh, I'm kind of curious about this one. Is there a mindset shift or like a business or life wake-up call or something that happened that really uh, pushed you to play a different game or a bigger game or just kind of changed where you were headed with your business? Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's interesting because I feel like when, you know, before I had kids, especially before I was married, you know, I'd started my business. I was growing basically an agency and I really envisioned myself like being this CEO type, you know, I wanted to have a big company and all of this. And I had kids and it changed that in me. And so I peeled back and I started doing more consultant work. And, but then, you know, time goes by, my kids are going to school. And now granted, I'd I've always continued working, just maybe at a different level, right? Mm-hmm. I was, I, I did want to be able to take those pauses. My husband travels a ton. I didn't want for them to have neither of us around. And so it was me that, you know, was around. Yeah. But then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not getting any younger. And I've kind of let my dreams go by the wayside. And so to me, that was my wake-up call. And so one of my things that I am really, really passionate about is have is helping women who maybe have experienced something similar get back into the workforce. And so I was yeah. lucky because I never had to leave it because I had a job or a career where I could, you know, I could tailor it to what my family yeah. needed at the time. But so many women do not have that. And so they end up quitting their career um, and, you know, being a mom and which is amazing and that's fantastic. And then they realize, hey, I've put a lot of my own dreams on the back burner. And so one of my passions is helping these women to find themselves again and actually helping them to realize, you know what? Yes, things have changed in the workforce, but all of the things that you learned and like the amazing person that you are is still relevant Yeah, and helping them to, you know, close the gap on what's happened since they've been gone as far as marketing goes. And then actually placing them in some of these roles that, you know, are available out there. So actually they become the ones that I place with my clients, right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. So for me, that's been just, that actually is what made me want to play bigger is I was like, yeah. okay, you know what? I've put things on hold and I'm ready to go back out there. Like, do I want to be the CEO of a ginormous company at this point? No, that sounds no. like a big pain in the butt. But, <laughs> you know, do I want to just like do some consulting work and, you know, set it over to the side? No. Like I actually feel like I have a purpose out there and my purpose is to help women who are going through, you know, transitions of, you know, wanting to do something different or, you know, there's women who are married, they have sacrificed their career for their family, and then they find themselves in a divorce situation where they need a career, but they also need to be flexible. Like they don't, they can't go get that, you know, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. job because they've got to pick up kids. Yeah. And so I feel like this is a great, like being a, you know, digital marketing assistant or a digital marketer yes. is an amazing career for them because they have the flexibility. Um, and yet it's a great, they, they can get paid really well. So those oh my are, God. Those are yeah. my mindset, mindset shifts. 
You're like superwoman. Like, I mean, you. Fe- I feel like you connect a lot of dots here. You know what I mean? Like you solve a lot of problems, right? Like you, you're helping people with their marketing strategy. You're finding the right person to help them influence the mar- marketing strategy. Then you're also creating a job for someone. You know what I mean? I feel like no, there's so much it's, there. It's been a, you know, obviously it's always a journey, right? Yeah. But the marketing piece is what I've always done. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I, I, I actually really love marketing, like to the yeah. point that I'll geek out over it. Like I'll be at the pool with somebody and they're like, oh, my business and this. And I'm like, I'm so oh, like well, have too. you tried this and that? And yeah. da, da, da. You know, like, I actually yeah. really enjoy that. So Same. I tried to walk away from it for a minute and realized like, oh no, like I really love that. And so, but what I found is I wanted it to be more because yeah. yes, I love helping you grow your company. And I truly do. Like I think because it's life-changing for small businesses to be able to grow their company and to be able to build the right team. However, it didn't have enough heart and soul in it for me. And my real yeah. passion is for women and to help them make it through these hard parts of their life. And so I was basically like, how can I connect it? And I mean, I have to say, like, I have a lot of faith. I mean, it was almost like it was a God thing. It was like, because I'd been thinking about it, I'd been praying about it. And then it's like, it just came to me. I was like, oh, these things are so connected or could be so connected in yeah. this way. And so it's wow. it's just kind of been how it's evolved. That's really, really, really cool. I didn't know that back end piece about it. So I like, that's really, really cool. I love it. Um, so where did the, so now I'm t- like talking about repurposing because I know that's kind of like the what we're going to cover today. Where did the – was there like a discovery moment around repurposing? Like, oh my gosh, we I really need to – like repurposing is so important because of, you know, you were just talking about you, you had kids and things really shifted for you. Like, or was there – was that the moment where you realized in order to stay – afloat or consistent, I have to think about repurposing or did something else happen for repurposing to come to you? Or like, when did that concept become more important? You know, it's honestly, it was more about working with clients. So I, you know, am opposite. I feel like than a lot of the businesses now where you start by putting your own presence online and then that's the beginning of, you know, your marketing. Like I feel like a lot of people now have built their own presence or, you know, built up their own content. And then people come to them because they say, okay, I've seen you can do this for yourself. Like you've proven that you can do it. So teach me how you did it. Right. And for me, it was actually completely opposite. I was doing it for clients and I was helping them build their strategies. And like this particular client that I talked about, you know, where we helped them shift into the content marketing space, the online content marketing space, it, you know, I learned how to create these strategies where it's like, we're going to create some big pieces of content and then we're going to use that in order to parse out your messages and get people back to this big piece of content. And so like, I didn't start my own. I mean, I'm almost embarrassed to say I did not really start promoting myself socially until about a year ago because Mm -hmm. I never needed to. It was always word of mouth. And then finally, when I decided to make the shift and I wanted to go one to many, I knew that I needed to start promoting myself. So really the content repurposing comes more from my corporate clients and then trickling that down and showing my smaller clients how to use that. You know, we have actually, weirdly enough, had a kind of a similar story with this. I also started helping other people and I was just like the girl behind the scenes, you know? Yes. And, and so a lot of what I learned was through studying things on other accounts mm-hmm. and 
then when I shifted to sharing my own message, that was a whole new learning curve, right? I started to experience a lot of the roadblocks that clients had actually. And I was yeah. like, what, what? I almost feel like a fraud because it was like, oh my gosh, I help other people do this. I teach other people how to do this. And now I'm starting to do it. And this is really fucking hard. Did you have that experience too? Oh my gosh, a thousand, a yeah. thousand percent. And I have to say, I think it's harder to do it for yourself than for someone yeah. else. So I mean, much harder. <laughs> it really is. I mean, because sometimes I feel like a fraud. You know, I have gone to other marketing professionals and been like, help me figure out my message, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's hard. You know, there's that saying about yeah. not being able to read the label from inside the jar. And <laughs> it is true. Like, you can yeah. be a professional and know what you're doing, but when you're inside the jar, it, you just don't have the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So today, now with the year in, of the year underneath your belt, do you, because you're kind of like, you're still, I mean, I mean, gosh, how do you, it's like, you're not at all, obviously a beginner. You have 20 years of experience, but like with this, putting yourself out there, like there's probably still that you're kind of learning and figuring out. Do you find, are you already at the place of using your repurposing strategies for yourself or is it still oh, something for sure. that, yeah. yeah. How often yeah. would you say you repurpose? Is this like a weekly thing for you, a daily thing or? Well, so yeah, I mean, I, I repurpose all the time. And <laughs> so if I walk you through my framework, yeah, that might let's kind of do that. the question. Love okay. this. Let's do that. All right. So I'm all about frameworks because it just, I'm such a logical person. I'm like, <laughs> let me know, like, what am I supposed to be doing step by step? So I call it the star framework. And I like to think of it as like a little asterisk, like, Hey, don't forget about me. Like, let's use this coffee again. <laughs> um, okay. So the first, that first S it's save it. So like, do not let your content slip into that black hole. So I have a content catalog and I suggest Everybody keep a content catalog. And I like Airtable for mine because the way that Airtable allows you to input, it has lots of different views. And so I actually have one of my views as a form. And so it allows you to like enter it in in a form way, a form version. And then it goes into a table like an Excel table, right? And so for I me, like it's just really user friendly and it works for me visually. It's much easier to make it pretty than. Yeah. Um, you know, like in Excel. And you can also view it like in a Trello board so that you can move your content along as it goes into the different stages of creation, which I love. So that's the first thing I do is that, you know, I just save it somewhere. And by the way, I also use this for ideas. Like everybody else, I put it into my iPhone notes, right? But then I do a dump into Airtable and I kind of organize it a little bit so that when it comes time to actually come up with some new content, because we do have to do that sometimes, right? Right. I have it in there so I can see it so that I'm not digging through my iPhone notes. Um, I, I need to incorporate this because my notes are like insane. I have so many notes. So that's such a good tip. <laughs> yeah. I it just, it really works well for me. And then the next thing I do is I tag it. And of course you can do this in Excel, like if, or Excel or like, you know, Google sheets or whatever, if that's what you're comfortable in, I just happen to love Airtable. So then I tag it. So you need to create the tags that work for your business, like for, my, for different clients, it's different. Like some of them, it can get super complicated, but you know, keeping it easy is always the way to start. So yeah. I like to tag it by topic 
and then by channel. And so this can be, if it's an idea, it's like, here's the channel that I'm thinking I'm going to use this on. Mm. But if it's content that's already been published, I like to publish the channel that I used it on because then when I go back to repurpose it, I can go, oh, okay, that was used here. You know, now I'm going to use it here. Or if I use it on Instagram again, I need to reposition it, which we'll get to. Um, another one, so topic is the first tag, channels the second tag, and then third is life cycle. And so I like to think about where does this fit in my customer life cycle? Like, is this for new? Is this for somebody new that just signed up on my list and doesn't really know much about me? Yeah. Is this something somebody who's already purchased for me as an existing client? Or is this content that would be really good to bring somebody back in who maybe has been a client before and I want to bring them back in for something new. And so those are the three life cycle tags that I like to use. And again, this can get super complicated depending on how you want to do it. Right. Um, It just helps because then that way when you want to pull something up, like let's say that you are creating a new campaign. um, Let's say that you have something new coming out. You can actually go back and look in your, you know, pull it up by life cycle. And another thing you can do is you can, if you have different customer segments, tag it by customer segment. Like this works for, you know, like me, I have different customer segments because I consider those people who I am going to place into a company. That's one type of client, right? Yeah. And then I also have my clients that are my um, businesses that I am helping to create the strategy and put the marketer in. And so like for me, I would want those two segments separated. And then over here with the business side of things, I also want to tag it like, do they have somebody? Are they new to me? Or they used to to have somebody that they hired through me, but that person's gone and they're not using me now. Like I want to know where they are. So we've covered the S, we've covered the T. The A is automate. And so this comes back to your question that you asked that got us into this. So um, automating it. So as soon as you put something into, and I'm just going to say Airtable, mm-hmm. content catalog, whatever you're doing that in, as soon as you put it in there, when you put it into your content catalog, go ahead and assign the date that you want to run it next. Mm. And so you know that might be that it is six months later if you want to run it identical to how you ran it the first time. Or if you want to change it up, I mean, I know you know this, but like people do not remember what you post, right? Not at all. Yeah. The same exact thing. I mean, I say six months, you could do it way sooner. But like if you're going to do it two or three months later, change it up a little bit so that it doesn't look the same on your feed, you know, if somebody's scrolling through, right? And so I like to automate that by just deciding right then and there, when am I going to publish it again? And then that becomes your content calendar as well. Because in Airtable, you can also pull it up on a content calendar view. And so if you assign it, as soon as you put it in there, you can pull up three months from now. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like my Instagram calendar, my email calendar, whatever it is, like it's already full of all these ideas. Like you almost feel like you don't even have to go in and create your calendar because it's created for you if you assign it ahead of time. Wow. But then all you have to do at that point is like, if you wanted to tweak something or update it, like do a new carousel design or whatever, like then it's just same content, but just like freshen up it a little bit. Is that right? Freshen it up. Yes. And that's my next R is reposition. Oh, Oh, great. Like you reposition your content. It's like, 
It could be a literal reposition like you're talking about, like visually, how am I going to change it from being, you know, a post with a long caption to a carousel with a super short caption, right? Or you could reposition it. You could be like, okay, I said this for, you know, for me, I said this for my clients who are the business owners. How can I reposition that content for my marketers coming in? Right. And so you could think about repositioning it for your customer or your, your audience segments. Yeah. Um, so that's the repositioning. And then the last one. Let's take a quick break from the episode to talk about how to make your chat GPT content not sound like everybody else's. If you're using chat GPT, but no matter what you do, it just kind of sounds like a robot wrote it, or it's super vague and kind of giving you information you'd find in a blog written in 2017. It could be because you haven't clearly defined your message. Maybe you think you have, but perhaps it's not as strong as it should be, or your personal point of view is missing from your message. It could also be a sign that you're relying on ChatGPT to do too much of the heavy lifting. If this could sound right, this is for you. I'm going to walk you through some questions to help you define your message, and then I'm going to share 20 ChatGPT prompts that offer a little shift that will help you guide ChatGPT to effectively share your message. Now, you won't sound like everybody else. Just go to gotocoach.club forward slash ChatGPT prompts, and I'll send it straight to your inbox. Again, that is gotocoach.club forward slash ChatGPT prompts. All right, let's get back to the show. Repurpose it. Let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah. don't forget about this, right? Yeah. And it's funny because people will start doing this and then they're not using it. And it's like, well, okay, what's the point? So yeah. that is walking through my STAR framework. Oh my gosh, I love it. I also have like so many ideas around how to use this. And I also can hear a, a few people in my head <laughs> talking to me. I can hear a few people say like, okay, I love this. I want to do this. Yeah. And here's where they're at. They're probably the person who has been doing, creating content for a while. And they just feel like they have like an abyss of content to navigate to so that they can start this process. Mm-hmm. Is there a place where you suggest they start? Like how do they just start like pick, like like picking away at this massive ball of content and getting it organized into an air table. Do you, I don't know if there's any advice for that. Oh my gosh. I so have advice and I'm so glad you asked that question. Amazing. Start today. Start today with whatever you're putting out there today. Yes. Honestly, like do not go back because yeah. that will keep you from doing it. Do not oh, go back. You I just start with whatever advice. it is you're putting out today. Yeah. And you know what'll happen is you'll think to yourself, like on Thursday, you'll say, Oh, you know what? I want to write about this. And this was from a podcast that I did back in, you know, 2020. So, okay, you're going to go back and reference that podcast anyway in Thursday's content. Mm -hmm. That's when you put it in your content catalog. Do not go back, it will stop you and it takes time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, lo- I love that. And do you, you know, we're, we're, we've been kind of talking about like social media, but I, when you were talking mm-hmm. about the life cycle of like where, who would this be good for? Mm-hmm. I was actually starting to think, cause right now what I'm trying to think about in my email, I have never been very strategic with my email. It's like, everyone gets mm-hmm. the same email. Like I'm not thinking about it. And I realized the more sophisticated I'm trying to get with my email, because my email is like, First of all, I get a lot of traction on email. I love writing my email. I think a lot of people respond to my emails being like, you have one of my favorite emails that I open every week. So I feel very good about my email content. And then I'm like, wait, I have not used this strategically 
at all. I have no welcome series. I think I told you on your podcast, like I personally welcome people. Like I don't do anything. So recently I had a conversation with my OBM and she was talking kind of about what you're saying. She's like, people are in all different stages. We have people who have bought from us, people who probably are ready to buy again, but something different. They're like at a different stage. And we're, even though they're tagged, I'm not doing anything with the tags. So when you were saying like you can tag them in different ways, like, and one of them was the life cycle, right? Like, do you think this would be good for a beginner person? Uh, I saw this as like a great way to like a cheat sheet for your email, like, Yes. Like content to help with your welcome series, content to help with a sales pitch for mm-hmm. this specific offer that someone needs to have gone through another program for it to even make sense for them, right? Mm-hmm. Is that – do you use it that way? Like do you have a ton of different like strategic funnels for your email? Is that uh, – do yeah. you think about it like that? Yes. That is exactly – and the answer to your question, do I have a ton of strategic um, – <laughs> funnels for my email. The answer yeah. to that is no. However, <laughs> you know, it goes back to that person behind the scenes, right? I've yeah. done this for clients for years and years and years 100%. and years. Yeah. And so, yes, that is exactly how you use it. And, yeah. you know, I was focusing on social because, and actually I shouldn't, because this is one of the things I preach to my audience is like, it's not just about social marketing is about yeah. all of it. But I feel like so many of us, our minds immediately go to social because you feel like you have to post it more often. Yeah. So agreed. that's where that treadmill comes in a lot of the time. But the, yeah, yes, absolutely. Like you need to be thinking about all of your channels. And not only that, this doesn't go as much into my framework, but you know, when you think about those big pieces of content, so you think about the long form, like this podcast is long form, right? Yeah. And so this needs to be repurposed into an article that goes on your website that's on this topic that then sends people to this, right? So that is one place. It also goes out on your social. It can also go out on an email. So it's like yeah. this single podcast episode can then be dispersed across all of your channels so that it's cohesive. And people ask me, they're like, well, isn't that annoying to my audience? Because like, then they're hearing the same thing across all the channels. And it's like, oh, I know they love you, but they don't love you that much. I mean, nobody (laughs) is paying attention to every single channel, you know? And if they are, they appreciate the reminder because they might've been listening to your podcast on a run or in the car. And then when they get the email with the link, they're like, oh, that's right. Like I actually wanted to go download this or click on this or whatever it is. So your audience actually appreciates getting things on different channels and we cannot be afraid to just repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah, I I and for me I'm like if you're not repeating yourself you're probably not being known for anything either. Like nice. you're just probably all over the place and there's no through line. And I find it really interesting like even in our coaching calls inside of the GoTo Coach Club, I and actually one of our amazing members just laughed at herself this week in our Facebook group because she was just like I was going to ask you a hot seat coaching call but I I'm like almost 100% sure I've asked it to you two times already, right? And so she even herself was like, this is the answer I want. I don't remember if I've asked this or not. She wanted to ask it again. But what I think is so great is I reminded her, she had asked it before, and I reminded her what my response was. And she's like, oh my gosh, I remember that now. And it makes so much more sense now. At the time, I clearly wasn't ready to hear it. So that's why I didn't remember that I asked. But now that you're reminding me, it makes sense. Like after a few months of it kind of marinating, and now I feel Mm -hmm. like I can take action on it. So Mm -hmm. it's like, even though if they have heard it, it doesn't mean they're going to hear it with the same ears or read it with the same eyes in a a couple months or three months whenever you repurpose it. So yeah, such a great point. I love that. Um, And by the way, whatever that question is that she asked is a perfect example of content that you can repurpose because if she's asking it, there's so many people wondering it and she didn't even remember what the answer was, right? And so that is such a great 
little snippet of content that you can now blast out everywhere. Yeah. You know, this is going to be my next question. That's so crazy. I was going to say, are there places where we could be finding content that we could repurpose that we're like, most of us don't even think about? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the coaching calls, if you are, well, and your audience is coaches. So I mean, oh my gosh, the amount of content that coaches create on their coaching calls. Yeah, it's it's definitely, and just conversations. Like it doesn't even have to be an official coaching call. It's funny. I have a client who was boxering me and she's in the process of looking for a marketer and she's a financial coach. And she was talking about, um, in one of the interviews, actually, she was talking about how most business coaches are marketing coaches and do not handle the financial side. And so I pinged her afterwards and I was like, I was like, Hey, write that down because that's really good content. I was like, what you said there was amazing. And so guess what came out in next week's email? And it was fantastic, but it was like, This came out of a conversation that was not coaching. It was nothing official. And sometimes we just say things that are really smart and we have to. And that's where that content catalog comes in because you yep. can just go and I'm just going to jot that in there. And so it's amazing. Content comes out of everywhere. So that's that's very broad because we, we've got to, you know, at some point have conversations without thinking of co- about creating content. But, <laughs> you know, definitely coaching calls you know, even sales pitches, you know, when you are pitching somebody, um, and you know, I hate to say pitching because usually what we're talking about is we're talking about solving people's problems. Yeah. And so, but when you're on one of those calls, that is gold because yeah. not only are they talking to you about all of the challenges that they're facing, but you're able to speak to specific challenges. And so if you can take note of that and turn that into content, it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amen. Okay. I have one last question. And and because you work in the hiring space and then like you're just an expert on all things marketing, I just felt felt like this, I know someone's going to want me to ask you this. Like I can think of someone actually inside of my community, kind of similar to the question I had before. She's like, I have like literally years of content that I don't know what to do with. She's like, I have a ton of Google docs. She's like, I, I thought I was organizing it, but it like turned into a monster and I don't know what's happening. She has asked me many times, like, is there someone who like do people hire to kind of look through their content put like you know pull things out that can turn into something else is there a position or someone we could be looking for if we wanted to organize years of content that we should be keeping an eye out i don't know if that has a title or like if you have any yeah. advice on hiring someone for that <laughs> yeah so content manager is basically who you would want to hire. And those are the type of people that I helped place. And you did not set me up for this, but thank you. <laughs> Look at that. Look thank at you. that. Because my background, because, you know, Joe and I, I had nothing to do with it, but you know, whatever we were in the beginning, like, because we invented content marketing, you know, I feel like it's, that's just what I naturally teach because I yeah. feel like that is the most important thing about marketing. It is all about content. Like, can we even use the words content and marketing separate anymore? I don't think so. No. And so, yeah, that is part of it. And so when I come in to work with a client, what we're doing is we're setting up their content strategy. And so we're going to decide, like, what are these things that you want to use as your tags? How yep. do you want to organize your content? And then if you want to hire on a content manager, you could either do that as like a temporary contract Or you could do it as somebody long-term for your business to come through and organize all your content into this content catalog. That is absolutely something you could do. Ah, 
Love it. Look how cleanly that worked out. I love I it. I didn't you, even plan that. I didn't know how you were going to answer that. I know. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to sell. I'm just saying, yes, no. yes, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. No. And I think, but that's like really handy because I didn't even know, to be honest, even though I've been in the space, like I have not, I don't really, I didn't know the term content manager necessarily. I have no social yeah. media manager. Mm-hmm. I know, you know what I mean? But like, con- yes. like there is so much content these days that goes far beyond social media. And I'm so glad that there's someone who's helping people keep it all contained so you can actually yeah. use it and not totally burn yourself out. So right. like I said, you're you're doing the Lord's work over there. You're a superwoman. <laughs> I'm definitely not superwoman. I have things falling through the cracks all over the place. Um, but you know, I've been doing this content marketing thing long enough to just have a process around it in a framework. Yeah. And um, again, like I love to geek out over marketing. So, Same. you know. Yeah. Well, you're in the right place. I love I love <laughs> geeking out over marketing too. Um, where can we learn more from you? This was so, so, so amazing and so handy. Um, I'm so excited to share this. Where where do, does, do people need to follow you, learn from you, get on your email list? Like tell us all the things. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, you know, I over at Marketer for Hire, that is my podcast. You can hear me talking there. I also bring on all sorts of amazing experts like you, Sophia, um, to talk about what they're doing in their businesses. And so it's fantastic to have people break things down. I ask really, you know, simple questions for a reason, because I want it to be really easy for people to understand, like, how do I go do this? And so I'd say the podcast is number one. And of course, from there, you can find me at all the other places. And I'm on LinkedIn at Sunny Logsdon and Instagram, sunny.logsdon. And then I have a website and all the things. And um, yeah, reach out to me on any of those places at Gosh, I can't talk. It's a good thing we're almost done. Um, but <laughs> reach out to me at any of those places. And, you know, similar to you, like I'm actually a real person over here. And yeah. so I will get back to you. Oh, I love that. And and agreed. I actually listened to a few episodes this morning and it's like so much tangible stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like your podcast is very much like, this is how you're going to learn how to do this. Like, And you're just going to get to it. Like it's really That's a great podcast. Goal. I mean, it yeah. really is. I, mean, I, at the end of the day, I love teaching and training. And that's what I want this podcast to be because we have all these people come on and we talk about these big concepts and this and that. And it's like, break it down for me. Like, yeah. I don't have like, I just break it down for me. What do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. And I hope everyone takes your advice and starts today with the repurposing systems instead of feel like you have to do, organize it all first before you start using it. Like just start today and get using it today. I love that advice. And I feel like I'm going to use that for almost everything that I have to do on my to-do list today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. (laughs) Sophia, thank you for having me. I always, always, always love talking with you. So this has been fun. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.